Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. We were off last week because I was in Florida, but we're back and we traveled back to Canada. Shout outs to Stepping Stone. At the time, I didn't realize how much of an impact they would have on the podcast. But after that episode went live, um, I had a bunch of um, people from Canada show me love. And this podcast is a product of that. So I'm really excited to have um, had Nathan and Brett on. And today we have I think someone who's pretty interesting and somebody who's doing important stuff for the scene up in Canada. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. That was like a very flattering uh, intro. Uh, My name is Spencer and I run a channel called Scoped Exposure, essentially documenting all the DIY um, shows and bands across Western Canada. So Canada as a whole is made up of a bunch of different provinces. So it's primarily Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, British Columbia. So uh, essentially the, the parts of Canada that don't get the, the love of big North American tours. So, yeah. Okay. Let's go um, back to the very beginning. How did you discover hardcore? So like my hardcore origin story. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was like, I think, uh, lots of people in hardcore come from like different walks of, I guess, musical, uh, life. And for me, like the first band that I was starting in, I was, I was listening to like heavier music, but the first band I played in was like a pop punk band. And that was like when I was in high school and then I slowly like drifted into the hardcore scene, um, going to lots of like DIY shows and a variety of different places. And I always really liked the, um, I guess the, like the authenticity of everything, like everything was like do it yourself. Um, and, and knowing that, you wouldn't really find that in other scenes. Like every scene had their like, I don't know, I guess production value and hardcore didn't really have that and didn't really care about that. Um, I know like the, the big like turning point show wise for me was um, my friend's brother played in a band called in arms, uh, which was like a Winnipeg hardcore band. And they were playing on, uh, they were playing Means's last show in 2008, and Means was like pretty much like a very legendary, like Prairie, so like Manitoba, Saskatchewan band. They were on Face Down, did lots of touring, um, kind of like a melodic hardcore band, uh, but did their did their own thing for sure. So I kind of knew who they were. Uh, I went. It was at a venue called the Church Basement uh, in Transcona, and went there. And there was like a bunch of good bands that were playing that. But when Means played, uh, I had like, real, like I had heard a couple songs, but to see the reaction of people uh, was like, just like, you know, peeling back like the skin over my eyes, essentially. Um, people were, you know, jumping up to grab the mic and like ceiling panels were like jumping up and down and PA systems were getting rocked back and forth. Um, and that level of energy is what I wanted to be surrounded by, uh, music wise. Uh, 
So yeah, I started playing in more hardcore bands, um, did a couple projects myself and that was all in Winnipeg. And then, uh, slowly I was realizing that no one was really, um, documenting or archiving these shows. There was a couple people, but it just didn't have the same, I guess, level of production value, branding, um, or even energy, um, that, you know, people like Sunny, uh, from Hate Five Six would do. So, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to give this a whirl. And just, I was already like really into video. That's what I was doing for my job. And so I was like, I'm just going to pick up my camera and see where it goes. And here we are doing this podcast now, uh, like three or four years later. That was a lot of stuff to unpack. So I'm going to kind of um, pick at it and we'll um, eventually yeah, strip it down. Yeah. I like to talk. So hopefully this podcast is good on that level but i'll try to slow down in some areas no no it's all good um the fact that you like to talk make things uh, makes things easier for me um you mentioned face down records which i think is awesome because these days um that record label isn't as prominent as it used to be um but for for, uh, for, for me like early in the scene um i actually felt like i caught like the golden era of face down records like i was really into bands like in due time shockwave uh even some of the newer stuff like sleeping giant um mm-hmm. bloody sunday um seven star like just crazy um i think period of hardcore or you know even like uh you know quote unquote christian hardcore and i i was always surprised um that it was like um like i'm trying to think like it was like a like a different um a sector of hardcore because for me early on like that's all i knew so i was like oh this is cool like um hardcore is awesome and uh, when i started going to you know more shows out of town and realizing that um there was more than just face down i was like this is crazy and it, it was always weird to me that at the time there was so much going on around me that um i didn't uh you know fully get to be involved in and luckily i was able to um you know catch things and break out of that uh face down um box and uh actually catch cool shows before it was too late um which Mm -hmm. i was like pretty thankful for but the fact that um you know people still talk about face down like i think is cool because um not that many people that i hang around these days actually um were into it back then know what that is yeah yeah, there was like a bunch of, I think the first uh, bigger festival that I ever traveled for uh, was Sunshine Festival in Wilmar, uh, Minnesota, because Winnipeg was like an hour from the border. So it was already like if if people wanted to go shop down in like Fargo or like Minneapolis, like they could do that in a weekend. So when I saw like this, I think the first, yeah, I went to 20, the sunshine fest 2011 and that was like the first time seeing bands like gideon um like i think that was the first time i saw plea for purging like like more there was tons of like hardcore but also like metal bands because they they do like the main stage which has your like big radio rock stars and then they had like the um the i don't know it was like the underground stage but it's in like a hockey arena so i already felt like very at home like being very canadian and into hockey but 
yeah like it was it was a blast and to see like so many bands from like tooth and nail and face down like they really paved the way but you're you're absolutely right like i don't know essentially if i had to make a guess i would say due to the lack of bands like new bands that they've added um there was definitely like a golden era but like most of the time anything i see from face down now is like a reunion or like a one-time like off show with this band that hasn't played in like years um i think the last thing i saw was like the sleeping giant documentary so they just haven't been like a record label like pure noise which has been adding like all these newer like hardcore related bands like you're the knife or knock loose or um who else was signed recently oh inclination so like that's been interesting to see um and and just like that that era um or like genre of hardcore where it's like you know christian hardcore you know spirit-filled hardcore or whatever you want to call it um has kind of like not dissipated but they still have made their mark for sure yeah i honestly can't you know put a finger on like what kind of led to their downfall because um i i just remember one year i went to because i i went to every face down fest from like 2005 so I think like 2007 or 2008, I, I can't remember. Um, right. Yeah. And it was, you know, pretty fun experience. Got to see a lot of crazy bands, um, in a span of like a weekend, which I, um, never really thought, um, would happen. So I was like really thankful for that. But, um, I just remember going one year and there was just like a bunch of like, of like the younger bands that, that they signed on, which didn't really fit in my opinion to what they um had you know going on at the time like more of like the like legit hardcore and like the heavier stuff it, it felt like they're going like a little more commercial and sure. i just don't think a lot of uh the fans who'd been around for, for a long time was really into the new direction that the label was going in and i i just think like um in my opinion, uh, like the last like good signings they ever did was um, when they had like seriously Sleeping Giant and an Impending Doom. Like after those two, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I can't even think of any bands that I was like actually into that was on the label or any of their like affiliates. Yeah, yeah. Like I guess like every genre has its time and place. Like we're in a you know at the time of recording this, like a lot of like the you know mid 2000s metalcore is kind of like the thing to write about i know like i was listening to the stepping stone podcast where they're like you know that's at least what differentiates us is that we're not doing like the panic chord and like that kind of stuff um because that's like very very hot right now like especially up here in canada you get like um a number of bands who are like putting that into their music which is cool I don't think it's necessarily like trendy per se. Um, but yeah, everything has a time and place, whether it's like a record label or a band. Um, you know, that's always been something that I've thought about, like with music is that like there's there's so much new music and access to new music nowadays that like it's it's inevitable for the top spot, so to say, like to be 
constantly taken by like new individuals. So, you know, if we were doing this podcast, like even five years ago, I don't think we would say like, like pure noise is probably one of the top record labels right now. Like they're definitely, you know, very influential and very popular in signing great bands, but there was a lot of other, uh, like smaller labels that were, um, you know, just as competitive, but if people are not on the ball and like adapting to the way people are consuming music or just like how the culture is, then like you get, you go down, like either going forwards or backwards. Um, so I tried to apply that at the same time with like lots of the scope stuff that I'm doing is, you know, there's lots and lots of videos of, you know, let's say, um, was a band I shot recently, like Vane, for example, we shot them in, uh, September of last year. There's lots and lots of full sets of Vane. So how can we differentiate ourselves? Um, like put that extra touch of quality on there, um, compared to someone watching like a cell phone video. So those are things that I like, and I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of other people think about, but, um, always trying to think of how to stand out from the masses. Well, I think like the one big thing you have going for you is um, you're in another country. Cause I, for me, um, I'm always curious about how bands do in other scenes, like compared to mine, because I, I feel like I have like a, like a, like a weird um, perception of, like how hardcore it is because of um, where my scene is. It's in you know Southern California, um, probably like one of the most popular places uh, to play. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. So I'm always curious about is it always like this? So when um, I see bands on tour, I'll you know look up uh, on YouTube to see who's posting videos where, and the fact that you are in Canada. I am like, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool, um, to see because it's not that far away, but to be able to see like bands from my area, you know, go up there and play shows. I'm, you know, um, always curious to see how it does. So uh, the, yeah, right. I think the fact that you're in another country that definitely, um, you know, sets you apart from a lot of the shows that happen out here, because like, honestly, like probably like 80% of the videos that go up, like, aren't that good. Cause like off the top of my head, I can only think of a few people that actually put out quality content. That's worth, you know, sitting down and actually taking the time to watch the actual full live sets. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think like, the the person that comes to mind for Southern California is obviously Steven. Shout out to you, Steven, because I'm sure you're listening to this at some point. Uh, but for example, like before I started like taking um, taking it seriously to like document my scene, um, I would look at people like Sonny and like Steven and like saw that they were doing it consistently. And I think that's, I think that's the big thing is that there's been a lot of people um, who will pick up a camera, like whether they're doing photography or videography and like shoot a couple shows and then kind of just stop. And I think there's a difference between someone doing that for 
like scene points or like, you know, just, I want to get some more likes on Instagram or like, you know, some, sometimes people are like, I don't know if I'm a good photographer. And then they start and then they do a couple of shows and like, I don't like doing this. And that's totally fine too. Um, but I think for me, like there's been plenty of times that I could have like, um, like thrown in the towel, but I like, am really proud that like I pushed through like whatever, whatever, whatever thing that was, whether it was like, you know, a band, um, performance that like, or like how a video came out, like that rubbed me the wrong way or like the way, like any, anything, anything that happens, because I, I had to always like check myself that, especially up here in Canada, uh, cause I started this all in Winnipeg, which is like the dead center of Canada. And then me and my wife moved to Calgary just and a year and a half ago. And when I moved here in Calgary, like a lot of people already knew who I was and what I was doing. Cause I would come here to do the fest. Um, but when I moved here and people were like seeing me at like every show because I wanted to capture as much as I could. Um, it was just something that I guess some, some people needed to get used to. And it wasn't like, like, I think I'm, very very respectful when it comes to like going to a show like making sure i'm not standing in anybody's way um you know not looking for any special treatment like you know can you guess host me because i'm doing the show like if someone does that like i'm always like i have no money in my hand and i'm extending it to you but like there's been lots of times where people were like no you're working and that's that's i guess one thing that is like kind of a misconception uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit about these when it comes to filming a fest or filming shows. It's not the same as just like watching it uh, because, you know, I'm trying to be aware of like so many different things to make this video uh, good, whether it's like I'm listening to the songs and I'm going to do a whip into this like two step that's coming up because I can anticipate that whether I, you know, hardcore is pretty easy music to kind of anticipate some of those things. I would say like nine times out of 10, I kind of land that. Um, and at the same time, it's like, I'm holding a camera for like, you know, I did DBK in Vancouver and I shot 33 bands. So I was holding a camera for like almost two and a half days. And that's what I signed up for. Um, but a lot of people don't recognize that it's like a different mindset, like from an archivist standpoint that is going into uh documenting real quick i w want to talk about winnipeg yes please <laughs> so i had um nathan and brett on and i had told them that i have always wanted to visit winnipeg and you know it kind of threw i was them very happy that you said that <laughs> okay yeah and it kind of threw them off and like i didn't you know, didn't realize if there was like some weird stigma that went along with winnipeg so um i was just curious to ask you um about like your time there like how did you end up in winnipeg did you run into a lot of um filipino culture and why did you leave Oh yeah. So, okay. So Winnipeg is the best first and foremost. I was born and raised there. Um, I think the biggest thing that people get wrong about it is that they don't know. They just like glance at it. And if they don't have someone like showing them the, like the hidden gems and the like things that are tucked away in places, 
like it could just look at like a shithole essentially um you know winnipeg is the highest murder uh rate in in all of canada so okay. it's like i know i know there's a band that's starting uh because they post on the winnipeg hardcore facebook group but their name is murder capital because we've had it for as as long as i've been alive uh but we're also at the same time like the slurpee capital of canada so that's you know like kind of a yin and yang <laughs> uh but i think canada has a weird thing with sports so when i moved to calgary for example calgary and edmonton are edmonton's the capital of alberta and then calgary's like another major city and they're like two hours apart and Cal- calgarians and edmontonians i think that's what they call themselves uh just like it's not like they hate each other but there's this constant like need for rivalry around hockey because it's like the edmonton oilers and the calgary flames and it's been that way like since the dawn of hockey essentially so with winnipeg and saskatchewan um like growing up it was like the winnipeg blue bombers which is like our cfl team and the saskatchewan rough riders and it was just like if you saw someone wearing all green on like a blue bombers game it's like that person is like the scum of the earth and like growing up in that it's like that's so messed up but like we had like the banjo bowl which is like just a yearly game and it like switched between cities but it was like just them and it was like super rowdy like like almost like college level like football experience for both teams and spectators um so i think yeah there's a lot of like um and that's almost bleeds into hardcore as well like there's lots of people like i know in calgary like there's a lot of people who are like um like mortality rate who's a band from calgary is like fuck withdrawal which is a band from winnipeg but they've like toured together played shows together but like that beef has always like been around like since i've been in hardcore so there's all these like kind of fun like little things that we can all laugh about because it's all in um, good fun. Um, but as far as like Winnipeg going back, you asked about like the Filipino community. That's huge. Um, I know. Do you know who Maddie Matheson is? Uh, I was actually going to um, ask you about him, but yes. Yeah. So he, it was really weird. I, I was watching him on munchies and like he had a series called keep it Canada where he like traveled across Canada, like doing little like food adventures. Um, so he would go to like Nova Scotia and catch like clams on the side of the, of the beach and then like cook them there and like crazy stuff. So I was like kind of just watching as a consumer, like, you know, he comes from like the hardcore community as well. So he's like super tattooed and, you know, very charismatic. I went down to the Forks, which is like our tourist attraction. So it's where, uh, it's where the two rivers meet in Winnipeg. It was like where we had like our trading post and whatnot. Like, um, but yeah, it's like we built, like you know, shops and restaurants and different things. Where, like, the downtown is right there. But that's like, that's like if you want to take someone. You know, if you and I were going down there, I'd probably take you to the Forks and we explore there. So I went down there with uh, my wife and my sister-in-law was visiting. And it was like, like, it was like I blinked and I realized that Madison 
was walking past me with this full camera crew. And I was like looking at my phone. So I probably was like, you know, not paying attention, but you're just like, I looked up and he was like walking past me and they were shooting. And I just was like, I'm very starstruck at that, at that point. So I went and talked to him after they like did their take and they were filming for season two, but it was all based around like Filipino um, cuisine and culture. Cause that's very big. I'm trying to think of like a couple different um, restaurants that come to mind. I'm sure like some of my Winnipeg friends are like screaming at their computers, like say these ones. Um, but yeah, Winnipeg like food wise has like an amazing scene. So don't underestimate it. It's great. I, I, I miss like food places there like every single day being in Calgary. Let's put it that way. So on your Instagram, you have a picture with Maddie Matheson. Is that the same day um, you met him? No. So <laughs> I was in Calgary. This is just before Christmas. I literally you're keeping my Instagram during this podcast. Um, so we, so me and my wife, we were at um, a mall. She was like doing some last night Christmas shopping. My friend Skinny, who's like a promoter in the Calgary uh, hardcore community here, he posted a photo of him and I like totally i think it's like instagram algorithms kind of messing me up i totally didn't realize that he was doing his book tour and that he was in calgary that day so i'm just like i scroll to it and then i'm like chinook mall I'm like that's where i am and then he's at like the chapters which is on the other side of the mall so i was like huh so i like messaged skinny i was like hey do you think he's still there he's like the event said it goes till eight so he's sh- should still be there and it was like 755 and i'm like either like it's like i have no time to hesitate i just have to go and see so i like started the car i whipped around parked it ran into chapters and and he was like shaking the hands of all the chapters people like he was just leaving so i just snuck in that little like um photo with him so yeah he's he's a sweet guy yeah i had the opportunity to meet him once um I can't remember what year it was, but uh, there's this um, annual fest that happens in LA called For the Children. Um, yep. So th- th- it's like a toy drive. Um, you can either um, purchase a ticket to get into the fest, or you can um, bring in um, a brand new unwrapped toy. And that year, I'm pretty sure it was a Comeback Kid who was playing. Um, and that's I another just- Winnipeg band. Yeah. So I, um, was not, didn't even like cross my mind that, um, you know, he would even be in town, but I remember I like, I was just in like the like lobby area and I just see him just walking around like by himself. And at the time, um, you know, cause like I've always been fascinated by food, like growing up, I used to, you know, watch the food network for fun. Um, used to want to be a chef, but got over that. But um, I remember I used to watch Maddie Matheson on um, Munchies and I remember he made um, maybe it was like this like burger episode or something. But I remember he made food and he had some friends over to to eat it. And I remember um, one of the guys that is that in his like 
it in his like tiny little apartment. Yeah. And th- yeah, those well, are the it, good ones. Now it's yeah. all in the kitchen and I'm like, okay. But um, I need something practical to me. But anyways, <laughs> you keep going. Um, one of the guys that uh, sat down to try the food that he made was Scott Wade. And I was like, holy shit, that's like Scott Wade from Comeback Kid. And yeah. And I was like tripping out. So I was like, oh, I was like, maybe he is like affiliated with hardcore. Then I started seeing him like wearing like, you know, hardcore merch in his videos. Um, so fast forward to For the Children, I see him just like walking around by himself. And I was like, this is so crazy uh, that he's actually here. So I was like, whatever, like, I'll, I'll just go talk to him. He's just like a normal person. Like, it's not going to be like a big deal. So I like walk up to him and I'm like, Manny Matheson. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? And I just go on like this big spiel about how um, I'm like into his videos and I'm stoked that he's here and I hope he's having a good time. But like, um, we're like shaking hands, but like every compliment that I'm giving him, he's like squeezing my hand like harder and harder. And yeah, I was like, this is like, uh, this is kind of uh, strange or maybe he's just like showing me that he's actually like appreciates like the compliments that I'm giving him. Um, yeah. but he was like really nice and, uh, you know, stood there and gave me the time of day, um, which I was stoked about because, you know, you see him in his videos and he's like so happy and, uh, seems friendly. So the fact that he's actually like that in real life, um, had me really excited. Yeah. Like that, I, that, like that experience that you just shared, it was very similar to like the second time that I like that I ran into him. Cause the first time it was like very chill. Like we were outside. He was like, he was like asking, he was like, do you like cooking? I was like, well, like to be honest, like I, I, it's not that I don't like cooking. I just like, I don't like the unpracticalness of cooking. Like it takes long time to make really good stuff, especially the, the level of what he was doing. But the second time I was just like, you know, taught, like it's that weird, like you're starstruck, but you want to be chill, but you don't want to like not share something that like, you know, share the fact that that person actually means something to you, whether they know that or not. So if there's like that kind of crunch time or that, like, you know, added pressure of like, you know, all my friends around me, um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it can just get in a little weird space, but you know, to, to know that that guy has probably like had even stranger interactions with people like who are like fans of him like then then you start to feel like okay it's like yeah that's fine I had like a bunch of people come up to me um like during the fest they're like hey who's that um tattooed guy you were talking to um and I was just like oh I was like he's just um you know some guy from YouTube that I'm a <laughs> fan of and my friends were a youtuber yeah and like because <laughs> my friends YouTuber. didn't know who he was and it didn't seem like a lot of people at the time knew who he was because he was literally just walking around just um you know minding his own business and i'm which for the children was that um man i can't uh remember the year off the top of my head hold on let me look it up because i because i was gonna ask you if you went to um frick, was it 2017 the, uh, there's a, there used to be a band from Vancouver called worldview and they played for the children. So I was curious if you saw them or saw their set 2017. Okay. So it was, uh, for the children, 2016 when I saw Maddie, Matt, oh, okay. it was comeback kid, the warriors, hundred demons. So, um, hold on. Did I go 2017? I think I did. Hold on. Let me, I'm trying to remember who headlined. I just knew like, 
like yeah i'm i'm pretty good buds with like most of the guys in worldview even though they're not a band anymore but like people still talk about worldview in that band because they were kind of like the staple vancouver act at the time mm-hmm. yeah and then it was last year because their last show was like dbk but the four year yeah unfortunately no last year um not last year i mean 2017 i didn't go because i remember i had um like i got like a promotion at work and um just didn't really jive with my schedule and like i think i had just moved too so i I like a bunch of like personal stuff going on yeah lots of things in there yeah for sure yeah so no that that's a cool fest i know um i've seen lots of like steven's videos for that Mm -hmm. um and yeah like i know even last year was really really sick like that's how I found out about like no right and like filmed them in February for the first time. So that was cool. Um, yeah, there's, there's like how many, there's like so many festivals in California, like aside from like your sound and furies, like there's a lot of like smaller ones as well throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is, um, there's, this uh, group of guys that puts on shows, it's like um, Madison from Fury. Uh, they have like the name Suburban Fight. Yeah. And they always do a, a weekend um, like in summer. And it's always like seriously like the sickest lineups. And um, they normally uh, like last year they had it. Um, spread between program um, in Fullerton, and then they had um, a sh- show at the the observatory in the constellation room, which I thought was um, pretty awesome. So that's like one thing that I look forward to every year because, uh, like, the style of bands that they bring out is like what I'm really into, and they always have like their finger on the pulse and always like bring out solid lineups. Right. Cool. So. Um, up in uh, Calgary, um, why did you decide to move there? Uh, that's a that's a really great question, actually. So originally, um, my wife's from Edmonton, so that like city just north of it, um, like just outside of Edmonton. So we were, I guess, when um, we were talking about moving, um, that came in into mind, and the reason that. Uh, we wanted to move away from Winnipeg because my family, like I was born and raised there, but my family moved away and I stayed there. So like being in between two families in like, they moved to Toronto. So like being pulled in opposite directions, like was not something we wanted to do. We just wanted to be close to one uh, side of our family and then just travel for the other. So Edmonton was obviously like the one that, she favored just because it was like closer to her family, but I really wanted to move to to Calgary because the fest, um, like was going on, like based in Calgary. Um, the scene overall just like felt more lively and, um, not to say that Edmonton doesn't have like a good scene. Like I, like I was up there last weekend shooting a show and I like love so many people that show up, and like put on shows and play in bands like they have a they have a really good scene and a really young scene but as far as like i guess um i think the numbers at the time were like more in calgary's favor 
So I thought I could do more from a scoped angle um, or just like filming shows uh, if, if we moved there. Um, specifically, a, a major person that was like doing a lot for Calgary uh, was this guy named Evan Shaw. Um, and yeah, so I moved in October of 2017. And then I think it was like January. Um, and I worked with Evan. He was like really involved in the festival the, the year uh, that I moved. And it was in January that he got um, diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, and I think like Evan has had, like he had like the worst hand as far as like, you know, just health complications in his life. Like he was paralyzed and like what has been in a wheelchair, like ever since I've known him. And there's a lot of other people who have known him for way longer and um, can attest to just him being such a um, just like, just takes it as it is. And is like, so he was like so positive minded. So it was at the end of last year that, um, he he lost his battle and he uh he passed away and you know did like like during that year that i like the first year that i was living in calgary like put on so many great shows like so many great all ages shows in calgary and just brought so many cool bands like not only was he involved in the fest last year but he would you know he brought bands to calgary like uh in in uh, sorry, but it was that was all good. Um, Regional Justice Center. Uh, he organized a show with some bands from Ontario that like literally drove all the way from Ontario to play two shows in Alberta, and then they drove back. Uh, that's Lapsaria and Blessing. They're like some kind of like doomy, like very heavy bands. Uh, I'm trying to think, like there was honestly so many shows. And like leading up to that, like he was a huge reason why I wanted to move to Calgary. Um, so yeah, after he passed away, it was like definitely his legacy, like really spoke on how he affected like not only, you know, Western Canada, like hardcore as a whole, um, but like lots of people in the States. Cause he would go down to Seattle for like rain fest and things, things like that. So uh, yeah, he was a, if there was one person that made me um, want, like, really push for for us to move to Calgary, it would, it would be Evan for sure. That's pretty awesome. That um, you, you think about like hardcore people look at it, um, you know, it's just like just music or something to do on the weekend, you know. But um, for a lot of us, it you know runs pretty deep in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. So for here or to hear you say that, um, you know, part of the reason why you moved to Calgary, um, you know, uh, is like, you know, or that hardcore is a part of that reason. Um, it's just, uh, I think it's like, it's cool to, um, hear you uh, talk about it and, um, you know, actually take it serious. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with me i think it was just maybe a coincidence that because i was like oh man like if i move away from winnipeg like no one's going to be here to film all these awesome shows because like if we didn't have a lively scene like you know 
it's definitely like there's definitely a difference between like a smaller scene but like when i was shooting some shows in winnipeg like there was a lot of you know high energy from bands like good bands that were playing and you know high energy from the crowd as well so i was concerned that me leaving would have a gap there and i think there is but ironically the it seems like the same time that i left like the number of shows really decreased and and again i don't think that's has anything to do with me like oh spit the document film i didn't think it was just like comical that that happened because i remember i moved in it was like october and then i shot a show like just before i left i think that month and then i came back to winnipeg in i think it was like february so like almost four months later uh for work and there just so happened to be a show that weekend and i tried to plan my trip around that and that was like the first show that happened and then if i remember correctly like three months after that it was like the next show and i was again there for work so uh you know like every scene like ebbs and flows uh i still think like winnipeg has a lot of like amazing bands that have come out of that city like withdrawals you know probably like the longest standing hardcore act that's you know not comeback hit or propaganda um but like bands like burn your world usurper extract penalty um i'm trying to think of a couple others uh like those are all bands that i i played with disillusioned um was another band uh ill-fated like there was there was a lot of really great shows in like really cool spaces um, that that happened in Winnipeg and and right now like the only the only few bands are playing like with they're all still together but they're all like dads that have kids and you know don't can't go the speed at what you know a young thriving band should be going at because you know no one can expect them to do that um but then the only other band that i can think of is like meantime and like meantime plays a lot of like stuff outside of winnipeg um uh but for example like you know me living in calgary now um like for someone like sunny who lives in philadelphia like going to new jersey and like some of those other places aren't like super super out of the way like you can get there and back and that would that's what it would be like for a thing like edmonton but uh manitoba metal fest is coming up in a few weeks and like power trips headlining ken mode is playing as well uh withdrawal is playing and meantime is opening up one of the nights um but i'm not going to be there filming it because i because of that weekend like there's only so many things that I can just do out of pocket, like just on my own time. Uh, and it's, it's very rare that I can just like be at everything because even if I was to drive to Winnipeg, for example, that would be a 12 hour thing for me. So if I was like taking time off of work and you know, like there, all these layers start to add up where it becomes without some support from either a festival producer or promoter, uh, or a band per se, uh, it becomes very uh, costly for sure. 
and, and again, going back to that like level of like, I'm not going to this festival just to have a good time or like, yes, I see my friends in between bands, but I'm like there to, to work essentially. Yeah, you got to c- continue to add um, to your uh, library. Yeah. Yeah, there is a there is a weird balance of like, I need content to feed the beast of Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, those kind of things. Uh, yet at the same time, how, how much am I willing to like, because I think anyone who like films or photos bands like there's a lot of time that goes into that um i i i've been wanting to like say this out loud to someone else maybe it's good to have it on like a podcast or something but i think like if you think of promoters or bands um there if you look at like this center point this is weird because i'll try to explain this even though we're podcasting so if you think of this center point that is the show there's all this time before the show where the bands are practicing the promoters booking stuff booking bands figuring out the logistics um that leads up to that show and then what happens after that show you know bands put their gear away promoters like shake hands with everyone uh but like after that point it's kind of done but the difference with people who take photos or video is that we don't do anything necessarily leading up to that show in that same time span, but we spend the time after the show, you know, editing photos, um, cutting a multicam set, mixing an audio mix that's going to be paired with a video, distributing that online. And I think sometimes that's where a disconnect can happen for some people is that they think that, um, you know, it just can either happen right. Like, you know, edit photos right away and for some photographers that i know of they will post things like the next day but you know you check on their instagram story and they're staying up to like five in the morning editing like 600 photos that they took so you know for most i don't think most people would would do that like voluntarily yet there are people who have done that but they're still delivering a quality like piece of art or a product or however you want to swing it because there's like that sense of immediacy, which is fine. Like, I think every music genre has like, has that, like we want things, you know, sooner as soon as possible. So if it's like, if that's what your audience wants, can't like, and you can deliver to that, then that's like a great experience. The, the thing with video is that, you know, there's lots of extra steps because it's not just like capturing moments in time and making them look, you know, like exposed or contrasted or whatever. It's like, um, if I shoot something and it's just a single camera, that's very easy to get out very quick. But if it's like, I have to cut between four camera angles and I essentially need to watch each of those camera angles, um, like multiple times to find out where the best moments are and then like line those things up. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And like, aside from like Sunny, who is kind of doing this archiving thing at a full-time capacity, you know, there's lots of time that I'm like, you know, not spending watching, you know, the, the latest, uh, you know, house of not house of cards. That's an older show. Like, 
Stranger Things or whatever to make sure that I can get something out every day. And that's been a learning experience for me because, you know, I think I was putting out like two or three sets a week and now it's like four or five. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely like a, a big hurdle, but without doing that work, I wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be talking on this podcast right now together. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to like do or be offered some of the opportunities that I've had, like either through bands or just be respected in that way. Um, yeah, it's, I'm sure like you can attest to some of that, especially like doing this podcast because you're like, I'm taking, I'm taking time to like meet with Spencer. Uh, you might have to do a little bit of tweaking on the editing side if, if you want to. And then, you know, you're figuring out like, okay, this is going to get posted this day. So there's like lots of logistics that goes into this content creation. Um, but again, going back to that analogy where it's like the show is that center point and we're just on opposite ends uh, of the, the workload. Like, I think, I think people need to think of that a little bit more so people can, you know, give a little bit more empathy to the other people. Like, oh, maybe maybe this six camera mix multi-set can't come out in two days. You know, like there's needs to have more understanding. I think I definitely feel you on that. I'll um, peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, like I do this podcast, like I want to say like 95% by myself. Like mm-hmm. I have friends um, who, um, like without me even asking, will, um, give me, uh, access to their friends who are in bands that they think that I'd be interested in talking in. Like, I'll just get like random text messages, um, saying like, Hey, like, um, would you have so-and-so on? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like I'm down to have anybody on that's like, you know, down with the culture, um, you know, who wants to talk like, cause that's what I love to do. Um, like my, mm-hmm. my buddy Garrett, who is probably like one of the only people that I actually hang out with consistently. Like I just talk his ear off. So the fact that I'm able to do that with other people, it's cool. But like right now, this is like the, um, first podcast of the month that I'm doing. And I'm literally booked with like multiple guests for every week of April. And that is something that I never thought would happen. Cause in the very beginning I was like, Oh my God, how can I, I trick people into coming onto the podcast? But now it's just like, shit, I have so many people like already lined up. I'm right. Uh, I'm like at the point, um, where like I'm getting like, you know, offers or like I have like, you know, new ideas of guests that I want to have on, but I'm like, shit, like I can't do anything right now because like all my time slots are full for the month. And it's like kind of like nerve wracking because I'm like, uh, like I'm gonna like let these like people slip away or like maybe like the timing is just not going to be right. Um, next month when I, um, you know, um, potentially, um, have them on. So it's just, uh, like a lot of work because I literally do all the, um, you know, like once 
like I get in contact with whoever's going to come on. Like, you know, it's me, um, you know, um, from there on out, making sure that, you know, our schedules are still aligned that, you know, everybody's still going to show up and that the podcast is still going to happen. I, you know, do all like the mixing and mastering, like, like it's literally just like me. So I definitely get, um, what you're talking about, uh, how like there's like so much that goes on that people don't really think about most of the time because they just like want to eat up the content. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's very interesting because I know um, you know, I, I was mentioning like Worldview's last show was at the DBK four year, and I was supposed to go to that, uh, that it was not fast. It was a just a long show, and um, I was supposed to ride out with this band from Edmonton, and then there was like a really bad snowstorm, and uh, they canceled, so I was like, well, I can't go. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, videos necessarily. There was tons of, like, there's a photographer, his name is Everender, shout out to you, Everender, um, who does lots of, like, photos, and he'll do, like, some videos here and there. But, like, video, like constant full sets is not in his, like, wheelhouse. Or, like, that's not something that he does. So, like, I was talking with Taylor from DBK, um and they were just saying yeah like that that year was awesome by just the fact that we didn't have um full sets and yeah like i so i made it a goal of mine because i knew like the dbk five year was like a very stacked lineup like they're bringing out integrity of all bands so like that was a huge huge deal especially like across canada like i heard of people just like traveling from from ottawa just to go and see integrity because they like, never play. So um, I made it like I need to be there. So I'm going to make sure that nothing gets in the way of that. So I flew out there uh, on my own dime because I was like, this, this show is very, very special. And, you know, I definitely feel that like that, not that weight, but that like kind of like heaviness of like, okay, like I have 33 sets now and like, hundreds of people now want to see them and I have to prioritize, not prioritize, but like figure out like who are the bands that people want to see first. So I like do like a, like a Facebook poll and just run it for 24 hours. And then, you know, like there's, I'm still going through those sets, even though they were single cameras and, you know, require like, you know, just doing a little bit of editing here and here and there. I was like very, very, um, headstrong on like they need to come out as soon as possible because I was really struggling last year on um, not getting things out in a timely manner and a, a big difference that scoped is compared to a lot of other people who document or uh, content create in any capacity is that it's a it's I would say like I'm the brains but we have other people on the scoped team. So I'm going to shout out everyone. Uh, there's Cole, Liam, Jordan, uh, Matt and Carissa. So that's a collection of like photographers, uh, graphic designers, audio engineers, and essentially my, when I wanted to do it from like, it's just Spencer filming bands to like, I want to make this a thing like kind of like hate five, six is sunny, but like he does under under a name. I 
wanted to collaborate with people. So it all kind of stems from me, but you know, when we're doing postings on Instagram, we're sharing photos that Cole or Carissa or even Matt have, have taken and we're like crediting all those people. Um, even if I shoot a show and it's just me and there's someone else taking photos that I ask if they would like to share those with us and, you know, we can use those for thumbnails and on there as well, but, you know, obviously giving them credit. Uh, so yeah, like because we have more people, we can do more, but there's a lot more communication that needs to happen for, um, things to come out in a way that like for you, it's like you decide when to click upload on, on certain things or can make those decisions. So that's been a learning, uh, curve for sure. Uh, but this year I think we're getting a lot better at like figuring out, okay, like we want to, you know, double the output that we did last year, like going from a hundred sets to 200 sets. Um, how many sets do we got to put out? Um, we want to do a podcast as well. And there's, that's been a challenge cause we're trying to figure out like the logistics of, cause we, we want to do it as a, with a video format. So we're trying to figure out all these things and when you're doing so much, you know, there's, there's, you know, I wanted to interview bands at DBK. I wanted to interview bands at Evan's Memorial show. So like, I definitely understand like the aspect of like, Oh man, I could have had like that interview with so-and-so or could have like filmed this fest or things like that. But at the end of the day, I think you can't judge yourself too much. Like, you know, your capacity and what you can do um, for like content creation uh, because it's your time, but it's also your money. And, you know, like we're, we're selling, we're trying to like sell some t-shirts to kind of like make some prof profits to pour into projects. Like, you know, if we sell X amount of t-shirts, then we can buy microphones to do a professional, like, video podcast or something like that um versus it just coming kind of like coming out of my pocket because you know like the time alone is like a lot of investment so um most people who like you know keep up with what we're doing are like really really supportive so i think we've provided a lot of value to them so that when we ask for something, you know, not expecting like really anything, like if we're like, Hey, we have t-shirts. If you want one, you can buy them and they're going to go towards this. Um, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm pleasantly surprised every time that the amount of people that are like wanting to support us that way. And I think that we're a little ways away of doing something like a Patreon where it's a constant support. And I think there's a lot of ideas that I have to make that, worthwhile for someone because ultimately like if if you're gonna throw me 10 bucks a month let's say like you should have something great in return from a content standpoint that wouldn't be um wouldn't be normal if if you weren't so there's a lot of things that i'm thinking about but i'm thinking of scoped as a very like marathon kind of thing like i want to do this until I'm like 30 and just see how big it can get, see how many fests we can do, see how, how, like how much, how many eyes can we like get on Canada? Because there's a great scene up here with like a lot of like really passionate and 
um, like caring people that like want to make hardcore like great for people like their scene and like like people of all ages. So yeah, that's uh it's a lot of work, but like it's it's been a ride and like I'm I feel like we're just getting started really want to shout out um cole because when i did the stepping stone podcast um i'm like kind of um i I don't know i I do like a weird little rollout on mondays when the new podcast drops out and i always try to find like you know like a cool live shot um and i always try to credit people because i I don't want to just like take their photos and i actually ended up using one of um cole's photos of um stepping stone live so i I thought that was um pretty cool and yeah cole's the man yeah cole train and even um in like preparation of uh having uh nathan and brett on i you know watched the videos that you put up of um, stepping stone. So even before we ever spoke, I already knew um, of your work and I was into it because obviously I watched your, um, your sets of stepping stone um, just to get a feel of um, how it is up there. So I, I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, I, yeah, cause I so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, when I listened to that, it was funny that you mentioned the whole, like, uh, like the the football jerseys, like you're like what what is that? Like what's the context around that? And, and Nathan kind of shared some of the details, because um, I think I think bands need content around their content. So I think when someone puts out a song, there's a lot of, and I listened to the Hard Times podcast and they talked about this a little bit, but you know there are a lot of different factors that make you interested about a band, whether it's where they're from. Like maybe if that's something really obscure, you're like, Oh, like, you know, if it says California, like, like there are a lot of bands from California, but if you see like, you know, Fargo, North Dakota, you're like, what? Like, I don't know any bands from Fargo, North Dakota. Shout out to swing low. Um, but you know, that could be location. That could be album art. Like I know that I, checked out drain very seriously because um because of their promo it was just like a bunch of sharks just chomping on a guy and i'm like whoa this looks interesting uh you know even a band name can be a big deal so like those are all things that the band can do um and they have control over um but normally bands aren't like planning like okay we're gonna get someone to record this live set it just kind of either happens or it doesn't depending on like the scene and like if someone's in that scene who actually wants to do something like from a photo or video standpoint. So I definitely think that a lot of bands have had like kind of a viral moment, uh, through archivists, for example, like I knew that like Vane probably had a turning point for them when they had all their homies, like at this is hardcore, uh, last year or maybe two, two years ago. Um, someone fact checked that on me. Uh, but like everyone wearing Bane crew necks or like windbreakers and just like going absolutely crazy. And then like that gets shared everywhere because it's so like out there and like different. Same thing for like Vatican for them to like, you know, do all their, 
you know, like almost dedicate their entire LDB set to like the Nintendo Switch. And then like all these like gaming like blogs are like posting about that. And then the same thing for Stepping Stone for them to like go out of their way and do something different and like have that be captured. Um, I think is like really, really um, it's very, it's a, it's a, it's a weird way that bands can hack into a lot into that larger audience. Um, you know, I know, and you know, sometimes that's like a major hit and sometimes it's like, you know, it doesn't go the length that maybe you wanted to. I don't think anyone's necessarily trying to plan for these moments. They just kind of happen sporadically. Um, but yeah, I know like there's been tons of times where, uh, I think a good release for a band always happens like it needs to be kind of like not a partnership but like uh for example we did a video of dying wish from portland oregon at wild rose last year um we did a live sound mix of all those bands that year and uh emma she posted that on the dying wish page got a bunch of views super cool and then she actually sponsored the post and did as like a facebook ad and that i'm still getting likes to this day from that post because it just spread like wildfire and i think it it's definitely the most liked facebook teaser that we have but i think it has like 300 no not 300 it's like for sure like forty thousand views around there while like most teasers that we do like that's like purely organic like maybe crack 500 like even a thousand is like great. So to think that they got pushed out that much because they like spent, you know, 15 or 20 bucks on a Facebook ad. Like when I would do polls on Instagram asking like, what is the first band that, you know, you heard of from Scoped? Lots of people say Dying Wish. And they're like, they're a good band. They played a good set. The video was good. The audio mix was good. And then like all it needed was just that push. And I think, you know, them getting signed and doing a split with Serration and like, I think that band is like, again, like they're just in kind of like chapter one. Like, I think they can do very, very good things because they are doing, um, they're just, they're a great, great band. But again, like going back to my main point is like, I don't think they would have that same, uh, I don't think they would be where they are without having like those little extra nudges or pushes from, you know, photos, uh, videography, things like that. Definitely helps to, you know, kind of have your, um, name and like, you know, band in like, like a bunch of different places. So maybe obviously people, want to go see you live but not everybody excuse me not everybody can you know make it out to the shows so um you know the fact that there's people like you documenting um you know it gives people a chance to either um you know catch the set that that they missed or for people who had a great time at the show to be able to relive that moment um it's definitely um you know not a bad thing for um, people like you to be around to do that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. And like also knowing that like certain um, like certain bands like wanting to be able to like look back 
at bands like from the early days like i know like sunny covered a lot of code orange when they were like kind of getting like that like um that hype around them before they like side to road runner and all that kind of stuff but I remember the first, the early set that I saw of them was like at Heartfest in like 2012. And like, these are just like kids and they're just like so young. And it's, I think a lot of people like um, default to like, this is embarrassing or this just shows that my, like that we weren't good as a band. And like, this is something that I've learned through like kind of, the, the people that I look up to like Sonny is that people who like film and document aren't here to curate the performances of that band. Like a set of a band is not just for a band. It's like for that scene, for the people who went to that show, for the people who couldn't make it to that show, like you said. Um, and yeah, there's definitely something that needs to be like, res- like, it's it's a two-way street i think like some bands have asked like hey can you like edit out this um this you know song like you know the the part was like kind of messed it up or something and if it's something simple like that i'm like more than willing to do that but sometimes i've sent it and they're like ah just post it because you never know like in five years like being able to look back at like early serration videos or early videos of, um, you know, stepping stone or like juice, for example, I'm just naming off a bunch of Canadian, uh, hardcore bands, but like to be able to look back at those videos and see like where that band came from and like get the full context of them. I think you can have a greater and deeper appreciation for that. Cause I think like going back to that code orange set that I saw, like to look at, at that set and then look at them playing like like at the level that they are now it's like it honestly blows my mind and i wouldn't say like i'm a soup like i like that band i don't like listen to them on the regular but i think once you have that context and you have that full like not history um but once once you're able to look at things like from beginning to end i think there's no debate as far as like, oh, this band was just like not a one hit wonder, but like, you know, oh, they it was just uh, they just picked up on a genre that was popular at the time. Like to be able to, to look at them and, and to see the hard work and to see the, you know, the struggles along the way. Like that's the whole reason that like anything like sports is so big is because like people get like wrapped up in these players and, you know, able to look at their whole career and see their downfalls and their, you know, the times where they like overcome things. So I, I think it's really important. I think a lot of people don't see it that way and that's okay. But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's super, it does a lot more good than people can think it does bad. So we're in the, like, it's like the beginning uh, part of, 2019 um what are your plans for the rest of the year with um scoped exposure do you ever plan to come down to the united states um any plans to travel to other parts of canada um to do other shows what do you have lined up 
Yeah, that's a maybe that's a good thing to to wrap up on. Um, I definitely wanted to to do more this year, so we're aiming to do two hundred sets this year. Um, I want to go out to Eastern Canada, so there's a couple festivals that I can't um, announce yet that I'm talking to that are. Uh, we're just in the details of like confirming if I can fly out or, you know, what they can cover, what I can cover. Uh, I think, you know, even though Western hardcore is kind of like our, you know, brand, like kind of, you know, it's where we started and it's where our roots are. There's honestly so many good bands from like Eastern Canada that don't, again, don't have someone who's taken that flag to like showcase them in that way. Um, Want to do a podcast? And that's something that we're starting hopefully very soon. Um, yeah, just doing more. Want to do stuff in like the States. Um, hopefully collabing. We're collabing with Hey Five Six at the Fest, which is really, really exciting. But I want to collab with uh, Steven at a Fest. So yeah, it's just, we're just waiting. And I think the main thing is just like putting out more stuff and more eyes are coming to us. And um yeah, just like giving more love to like Canadian hardcore because it's really, really great. That's awesome. Honestly, um, I obviously follow you um, on. Uh, well, I follow Scoped Exposure on Instagram, so I, I see all the um, you know the consistent um, you know content that you're putting out, which I think is cool because it gives um, someone like me who's curious about what's going on up there. I, I can kind of, you know, take a look in and, you know, see what it's like. So definitely into that, um, you know, stoked that, uh, Canada, um, has a group like, uh, you guys up there doing what you're doing because, um, without you guys, nobody would be, uh, you know, documenting it, um, as detailed as you guys are. And, um, it, it's really important for, um, obviously for Canadian hardcore, but I think, um, just hardcore in general, because, um, there's so much going on all the time everywhere. Um, and it's hard to capture every moment. So I, I'm stoked that you guys are doing the best that you can out there to share what's going on with the rest of the world. Yeah, man, we're, we're super excited um, for what's to come. We have big ideas and uh, yeah, Canada is sick. If you're a band or you promote bands or, you know, manage bands and you're thinking about, you know, bringing a band to Canada, like look at Calgary, look at Edmonton, look at Vancouver, look at Winnipeg. Um, there's some great opportunities there for bands um and and people are very very grateful for sure so where's um the next show um people can catch you at because the only thing that i know that um you're going to be at is um wild rose and that happens next month yeah um uh yeah wild rose is the next one there's a couple like there's something happening on saturday that um i i don't know it's like there's a, there's a show that Jordan is covering. I'm actually not covering it because I'm going to Victoria with my wife for her birthday on Sunday. Uh, but the big next thing is um, is Wild Rose Hardcore Fest, All Out War, The Beautiful Ones, Jesus Bees, Candy, King Nine, um, Act Fast, which is like a Calgary local band that's doing a reunion show. Um, 
tons of people from the area are super, 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 super excited about that. Uh, who else is playing? Sea Space Cowboy, uh, Wrist Meets Razor, uh, Low End, uh, Swing Low. I'm trying to think of all the bands that are playing. Um, Reclaim. Super excited to see them. Uh, there's honestly so many bands. Um, there's a couple of people who are like coming up to Calgary who had like found out about Scoped. So they're coming to the fest because they knew of it through us, which is really cool. But um, yeah, that's the that's the big ticket that you'll see us at next for sure. And probably some other festivals that will either be, um, you know, co-shooting um, with someone with or, you know, being the the lead on so you can follow it on on the instagram or facebook scoped exposure you know how to work the search so figure it out yeah i'll link everything in the show notes um but one last thing before we go i i want to shout out um uh false body because i i feel like since i've been following um your oh, work yeah false body's sick dude yeah i, I like i I feel like I'm a fan of False Body because of all the live videos that you posted. Because before that, I didn't even know they existed. But then you, you started posting live sets, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm actually into this. Uh, this band's pretty cool. So I, w- I wanted to, um, you know, uh, thank you and give them a shout out um, on this podcast. Yeah, False Body is awesome. We put out a set of theirs today. Uh, they it was like their third set of this year, which is crazy. Um, Justin, who plays bass in that band, is always like really funny because he's always like he plays in a couple other bands, but he's always like uh, he's not mad at me, but he's <laughs> we put out so many things that he is like people say like oh I see you on the internet all the time like playing in all these bands, so he's like you can chill out like you don't have to film this set, but like that's kind of like what we're known for is like filming these sets. So uh, shout out to you, Justin. Shout out to False Body. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like they have their sound. They're not like figuring it out. They have it locked down. They're they're a fun band to watch. Yeah, they're definitely awesome. I'm gonna link them in the show notes as well, so anybody listening is yes, curious can check them out. Okay. Well, all right. Um, you know, I have this new love uh, for Canada. Um, like my favorite MMA journalist, Ariel Helwani, he's from Montreal. Um, I love uh, Seaway from uh, Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Grave Maker, uh, Comeback Kid. Um, so the fact that I, you know, have talked to the dudes from Seven Stone, now I'm talking to you, um, Spencer. Um, I, I just, you know, my love for Canadians is just uh, growing more and more. Uh, and I'm stoked and happy to have you on. I want to, you know, help you guys spread the word about Canadian hardcore because I seriously think you guys are, um, you know, doing really cool things up there. And I, I, I just want everybody to know that um, there's great hardcore outside of the United States. Absolutely, man. Question hard. Western Canada hardcore is awesome. It's a huge part of my life and uh, super happy that you gave me an hour to talk about it. So thank you. <laughs> okay. And one, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, sure. It was yesterday on Instagram. You did a poll teasing um, that you're going to maybe show new merch. And I was curious, are you ever going to do that? Cause I voted in the poll cause I'm curious about what the new merch is going to look like. 
Uh, well, it depends. Did you vote for Fuck Yeah, Bud, or Oh, Fuck Yeah, Bud? Because that's a very... Wh- which one? Okay, so reading it, I just assumed that the first choice was the positive one. I didn't realize that they were both positive, so I went with the first answer. Yeah, so um, there's definitely... Uh, that's a that's a Canadian thing to say in between bands, Ofokia uh, bud. But um, that was the right answer. But anyways, um, yeah, we will be we're working on a couple pieces for the fest in May. Um, we're going to be doing a new shirt. Um, going to be playing around the Western Canada hardcore like I guess slogan that we've like said so much uh, we're also going to be doing I guess like yeah by the time this comes out it will probably be live but we're going to be doing like dad hats um, that because Cole who does photos for us is also like really into screen printing and you know apparel uh, production so he's got a hook up for that so we're going to have a limited run of uh, dad hats um, we want to keep most of our like pieces like kind of limited so it kind of keeps that um interest there but yeah we're uh i'll definitely uh send you some photos even before it goes live so you can get first dibs if you want because i love the idea of our stuff getting into uh the different parts of north america all right on american bodies thank you i i I appreciate that and um before we go if there's anything you want to shout out or plug um feel free um well, yeah, I definitely plugged a lot. Like I I think I plugged maybe as, as many bands as Nathan have, maybe more. Um, but yeah, just like we're on Instagram and all that stuff. You can find it if you want. Um, but really just wanna like shout out the Western Canada hardcore scene. Um, it's again, like I said, it's been a big part of my life. Um, I I don't know what I would be investing my time in, like creatively, if I wasn't doing scoped. And uh, yeah, I'm very committed to like documenting our scene. And uh, I hope that even if there's like one person, whether they, you know, listen to a couple bands that they could like show or they play in a band, they're like, yeah, Canada sounds kind of cool. Um, that that like if that intrigues them at all, I feel like, you know, I won on this podcast. All right. There it is. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate all of you, especially um, after taking last week off. It's always weird um, being away from the podcast. So um, thank you for coming back and checking this out. I appreciate all of you. Um, Go to Canada. Support Hardcore up there. Yeah. Come to Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody go to Canada. People would be like, like sleep on floor and eat breakfast poutine which is like like tater tots with like cheese curds and like gravy and like blow your mind so Canada's the best there it is sleep on Spencer's floor he'll give you poutine um, make it happen but this has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast always on top Breathe in, leave it.
Even 